Hi, I'm Bryce, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Casey, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Patty, and I'm ready to preach. Hi, I'm Mark, and I'm ready to preach. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity, God. We ask that you bless this podcast according to your will, God. We give you praise and honor and glory for everything that you've done, everything that you're doing, and everything that's coming in the future, God. We appreciate all that you've done for us this far, and we ask you to just move over this podcast in the ways you see fit, elevate it, move it, grow it, position it, God. We thank you, and we honor you, and we glorify you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Welcome back, family. You've reached the Ready to Preach podcast. We're excited to have you back on here tonight. We're uh, we're coming back in. We're starting fresh. This is number two of the new year, right, Mark? Yes, sir. Number two of the new season. We're ready. We're excited. Coming in, we got some good thoughts for you today. We're going to start by going around the table and seeing how everybody's doing, starting with Mark. What's up, Mark? Not too much. Not too much. Like, I mean, we're finally, winter finally hit. Yeah. We've been having a good fall this year, you know, winter finally decided, hey, I'm still here. <laughs> yeah, it was, it's been stupid. Although, it's, apparently, it's the snowed. time I got in, it wasn't snowing as bad as it was when you guys came in. It snowed all day, or all night, rained all day, now it's snowing again. Yeah. It, so. it was, like, I went out, um, there was someone that, uh, they had the car problems on Sunday night, so their truck was in the parking lot. Yeah. Went back out, they were finally getting it fixed, and... There's probably slush like two inches thick on the ground yeah. out there. Not so much snow because it had been mostly rain and stuff, but like literally sloshy slush all the way over. <laughs> I'd have rather had the snow because, you know, yeah. that's one thing. But you squish down that slush, you get some water in the side of those shoes. And it don't feel so good, boys. Not fun. <laughs> How's your week been? My week's been pretty good, pretty good. Um, Eventful or no? Uh well, I'm gonna let you guys talk more about the big event. Okay, but we did have uh, a special service here on Sunday morning. Okay, by here I mean here in Bangor. Um, had a really good service Sunday evening as well. Still, but it's good things, big times. I'm happy about it. Oh yeah, I don't think anyone's upset. No. Um. Did some stuff for work a little bit today, but other than that, not too much. Yeah. Casey, how about you? It's been pretty good. I haven't haven't done a whole lot outside of work. Um, I did get to finalize a trip that I had kind of half impulse booked a while ago to Texas to go visit my friend here this coming year. So that's something to look forward to, but. That's the one where we're going down to Tennessee. That's the one where I hijacked Mark and Stacy's family's vacation to get a ride to the airport. Yeah, so we get to start our, <laughs> our we get to start our southerly vacation by heading northwest to O'Hare, <laughs> to O'Hare. which I appreciate. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's probably been other than the event that I'll leave for Bryce to talk more about. <laughs> we're just, everyone's just gonna pass the buck, Bryce. Hey, he's in charge of it. Yeah. Um, I better get like a Starbucks coffee out of this at least. <laughs> You're dropping me and I'm going at the gate. There ain't no time to get Starbucks, buddy. Oh, there's Starbucks regardless, between here and there. It's been a good week. Um, <laughs> that's been the most exciting outside of the big event, just working. We have some overtime that we're being asked, even though you know it's not really a question to work. So that's been what I've been doing for most of the past two days. Yeah. They like to get via the, the feeling like you're voluntarily choosing to do something that they don't <laughs> you have to do. Right. Yeah, pretty much. Exactly. <laughs> pretty well explained, Mark. Thank you. <laughs> Casey, our 
Sorry, Casey. Patty. Casey, go Yeah, Casey, you have to go again. I I really don't have anything else (laughs) to say. I tried to make it sound interesting. (laughs) Patty, what you been up to? Oh, let me think. You got to pass the buck to Bryce, too. Yes, I will. I will. Thank you. Thank you all. You're going to be included. It's been a very great week, hasn't it? It has been. It's been a very exciting, eventful, great week. It's been rushing. (laughs) Rushing? It's been a rapid week. Oh. Well, yeah, it's two days. It, it has gone by pretty quick. I'm not going to yeah. lie. Yeah. And not just from sleeping in. I didn't sleep in so much. <laughs> but you know what I <laughs> did still. do besides the getting ready for the week, the big weekend? I had um, my last family Christmas this past Saturday. Was All it right. awesome? Yes. It was really good. Good. So we had a nice time. That's good. One of those things that you always cherish. Because mm-hmm. you never know what the next one looks like. That's right. So... Get as many as you can while you can. Enjoy them all. Don't let the little things bother you and move on. Yeah. So, my turn. Yeah, Bryce, how was your weekend? My week was good. Great, <laughs> splendid, spectacular. All the words <laughs> for it. All the synonyms. I'm going to have to get a thesaurus out. I was about to say, we did not get him one. Thesaurus. <laughs> thesaurus. Thesaurus. I know, I tried to say it, but I thought I had a lisp on my ear. <laughs> <laughs> no, I... Uh, so the event that they're talking about, we'll leave for just a second. But we started <laughs> <laughs> the event that, that lost Casey. There's another event that started this Sunday, and it's called the Daniels Fast. We do it all, we'll say corporately as a church. Yes. We fast yes. and pray. Um, it's quite the experience. It is. I think all of us are going pretty hard this year. Yeah. Yeah. Expecting great things, expecting mighty moves and um, not that I've never done it seriously before, but I feel like I got more at, not at stake, but invested to it this year. It's like, I have more of an expectation. Mm-hmm. Can I, uh, does well anyone put. have, well put. does anyone have yes. the same feelings? Yeah. Yeah. It's not that I wasn't invested before, but it felt like I was just doing it to say that I did it. Going not, through the motions. Kind of, sort of, but this one's like, I'm serious about it this time. I want things to happen. And God says this is how it'll happen, so we're gonna do it. And not just one and not just the other. It's gotta be both. We're yeah. We'll talk about that later. Here's here's what we're our big ordeal was. Sunday morning, I got installed, me and my wife, and then Casey and Patty got installed as associate pastors, which they already were, but we got I got installed as the pastor of Bangor Church. Yay, um we had the whole installation service, everything went amazing i couldn't say thank you enough to everybody who came out there was record-setting numbers of people inside the church i looked outside and there was people parked the whole parking lot was full the streets were full there was literally nowhere to go so amazing and we parked tight specifically then we all ate afterwards and we loved each other and hugged each other and was happy it was such a happy time it was great food, by the way. It yes, was, it was very good. Mom did an amazing job. Yeah, she knocked it out as she always does. But we, uh, I think, it was over 160 people here, and I don't know, just to say thank you. It was, it was crazy, very humbling type ordeal. The pastors put some fire sermons to me. They did all of them. Gave mm-hmm. me. They say they gave you a charge, like they're trying to charge you or convict you to do the right thing and say they all gave wonderful advice basically is how I'll take it. I don't think any of them had ill intention. They all had good motive behind no, what they said. They were yet. all supportive. Preach the word is basically the yes. thing that I got. 
Preach the word, love the people. Preach the word, love the people, and don't get hooked on the popularity contest, the the seniority, the benefits of it. Just go for it. What a uh, what a humbling type experience, I'll say. I didn't. I knew people would show up, but I didn't think it'd be like that. So what what an experience! It just shows we've got a lot of good support, church friends, church yeah, families. There's support there. People showed up. Um, the whole service was, it was different in a way, but then it was like, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah. And then I, look, I looked over at Marcus. I don't know if I said this to you or if I said this to A train or not, but I was like, we can do this. Said, look how many people are here. We need to do this more often. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was quite the time. It might have been A train, but you might have said it to me too. I can't really remember though. I don't know, but I it, don't think so. It was an experience to say the least. And we're moving on to next week. Me, Casey, and Patty are on our own. Yep. Yep. We're on our own. It was so funny because I think Patty and I are both in a similar state of like mild anxiety before it started just because, I don't know. It wasn't an anxious experience. I was like, Patty, why are we even worried right now? We ain't got to do nothing today. It's the next week we need to start being concerned about. Right. <laughs> One thing that got me is how rapidly this came upon us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We've known for a year, but then I was like... Has it been a year? It's like yeah. for like two weeks. Right ago. It was year. the first uh, pastors meeting that we had last year around January. When the same time we decided we were going to do this. Yep. Or talked yeah. about doing this vaguely. And then you guys just had everything the next week. <laughs> well, that's what well, we decided we're going to do something. That's how it feels like. Yeah. I mean, that's really how this happened. But it's about the same feeling for. It happened really quick, um, and it's like you always get those lingering questions and lingering doubts. Like, can you do it? And you're like, then you, like I was saying on Sunday morning when they gave me an opportunity to speak, I was like, every single time and point in my life that I can look back at, and same with you, and probably same with all, everyone in the room has prepared for the moment that we're at right now. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't go through X, Y, and Z back there. It had to happen that way. The time has been prepared now for us to be here. It's like, Father had a plan. What am I worried Sounds about? Sounds like a song, Daddy. <laughs> what are we worried about? Mm-hmm. There's anxiety to it because there's oh, yeah. there's life's at stake. Definitely. Yeah. There's life's at stake. It's and, not just us. Right, right. So it's a big responsibility. Mm-hmm. We also have a, a church to maintain to yeah. make sure that things happen, you know, because a lot of times being an associate pastor, we just kind of show up. Being worship leader, we just kind of we do our practice on Thursday night and we don't. We take for granted that someone comes and turns the lights on, vacuums, mm-hmm. make sure everything's put together and put away. Buys the toilet paper. Make sure toilet paper. Stuff, the to- stuff <laughs> like that. that. Stuff. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't just happen. Mm-mm. So that's another responsibility that you look on. That's kind of like in the not exactly what you'd look at as being a pastor. You're like, okay, you're a pastor. You need to be ready on Sunday morning to preach. Well, you got to have the lights on, too. <laughs> got to <laughs> yeah. have the heat turned on, too, or the air conditioning. Depends on what time of the year it is, but it's quite an experience. That, With Michigan, it could be right now we need to have the AC on instead of <laughs> We the, needed it on Sunday. We did yeah, we need did. it on Sunday. It was a scorcher in there. Just the outpouring of love, though, and, and support from Sunday made me, I don't know how you two feel about it, but it made me like want to go, go to war, go to battle, Just get it done. Let's do this thing. And everyone's always like, the supporting pastors specifically were like, hey, you need me, you call me. We'll help you. We don't just mean it. 
we're going to be there. Yep. So that's, if you could be a friend, that's the kind of friend you need to be. Absolutely. So with that, I think that's enough on that topic. Anybody got any other thoughts of that? Mm-mm. Any pinpoints from Sunday that happened that you just can't live without saying? I think you pretty well covered it. Yeah. No, it was good. And anybody who showed up and was there, thank you for being there. Appreciate it more yes. than you know, because we're getting thrown in the deep end this week. Yep. No training wheels. Nothing. No water training. wings. We've had We've it on We've had so training long. wheels on for the last 20-something 20 20 years. years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So with that, now I think we need to move on to the, the Daniels Fest. Okay. My thought with this Daniels Fest specifically I think we need to be more learned in what we're doing. I think we need to educate better to the church what we're doing. Not just say, hey, we're going to be fasting. What are we fasting for? And we kind of cover that. We want growth of the church. We want stuff to, we want explosion basically is what we want. We want new people saved, filled with the Holy Spirit, all these things. But we also need to educate on prayer and fasting because i think a lot of the times we get fasting and we get consumed with the thought of okay we're going to put this away but fasting only works if it's attached to prayer right because if you're sitting there and and showing god that you want something done you have to ask him to do something Mm -hmm. i think it'd be like showing say hey i got 50 bucks and going to the grocery store and expecting to have your groceries poured out in front of you in the bagging line i think you need to um, ask God, say, hey, God, this is what I'm fasting for, and this is I'm fasting to prove to you that I really want this to happen. Right. I really need something like this to happen, obviously according to God's will, but what are your thoughts on that? I agree. I think it's important to go hand in hand, fasting, prayer, fasting, prayer. Could I be so wrong to say that I don't think one works without the other? I think prayer works, don't get me wrong with that, but I think Prayer is supercharged by yes. fasting. When you add fasting to it, it does something different. Supercharges it. I would say it's a commandment. Yeah. I mean, I pulled up, because I was looking for the one, so I pulled up specifically here. It's Matthew 17. The main stuff I'll go just go on a glimpse over is there was someone that had a, was considered a lunatic, had a... Had a possession. Had a demon possession. Yeah. And disciples tried to cast the demon out, but they couldn't do it. Yep. Right. So then Jesus comes in, and he is able to obviously yeah. kick the demon out. And so the part I want to pick up is here is in verse, let's say, 15. And it's gonna, I'm going to go through to 21. Okay. So this is where the this whole part kind of kicks in this is just after the disciples have all failed to get to do to do the job yeah said lord have mercy on my son for he is a lunatic and is sore vexed for oft times he falleth into the fire and oft into the water and i brought him to thy disciples and they could not cure him then jesus answered and said oh faithless and perverse generation how long shall i be with you how long shall i suffer you bring him hither to me and Jesus rebuked the devil, and he departed out of him, and the child was cured from that very hour. And this is where it's the important part. If we're talking about prayer and fasting, this is right. why. Right. Because, so, yeah, I was going to say, Patty, pull up your Bible out, because this doesn't show it in red, <coughs> but let's make sure that's in red. Matthew 17, 
Um, anything from like 15. I mean, before that is in red as well, but specifically anything after, uh, say, 17-ish. Give you a second. Oh, what's that All color red. there? That's in red. Red. <laughs> okay, so when it's in red, we know one thing. It's what Jesus, Jesus said. said it. Right. And so then we go with what Jesus said after he, you know, after he rebuked the devil. Then yeah, came yep. the disciples to Jesus apart and, and said, why could we not cast him out? Which I think that's one little section that's in white there. Yep. Until he answers them. And Jesus said unto them, because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, if ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, you shall say unto this mountain, remove hence to yonder place. And it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. How be it? Now, it wasn't just faith. Faith wasn't enough to get the devil out of this kid. Right. How be it? This kind goeth not out but by prayer and fasting. Not prayer and then maybe fast about it, or fast and then when it's, if that doesn't work so much, you pray. You It's both. It's lumped together. It's not separate. It's not. It is as straightforward as a verse will get yeah. to what's being meant. And I think, too, the, the first part of that, um, if you have faith the size, of a, uh, the size of a mustard seed, it's because of your unbelief. I think, too, not believing in prayer and fasting is, is a problem. Um, I, or not your unbelief is the same thing as being like, hey, I don't, I'm not going to fast. There's no point to it. You don't believe that God can do it, and God's saying, "Try me, test me, see what I'll do." Or even them not believing that when they said that could be done, right, right. But then again, sometimes how are you going to get that strong belief? The prayer and the fasting. You go right. through that, and you can see what God does. It's going to be super easy to believe that when you ask for something, it's going to happen. Yeah, and even thinking about all the other accounts of fasting. Um, Daniel, Daniel is obviously the one that we, we talk about. He was fair and fatter after 10 days. Him, uh, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, they were fair and fatter after 10 days yeah. just by eating the pulse and drinking the water. Okay, that's one. It works there. Um, and go to Jesus, fasted 40 days and 40 nights. He got tested and, and tempted by the devil himself. He came to him and said, turn this stone into bread and eat it. Okay, nope, I don't live by bread alone. Um, turn, look over these kingdoms, and I'll give you all the kingdoms. Uh, my kingdom's in heaven, okay? Thank you. And then the other one, what, what was the other one, Mark, that he tested or tempted him with? Oh, so then it was um, to worship him. Worship me. No, I don't worship anybody but God the Father, okay? So there's another account of it working. I don't know about any of you, but I feel like during this fast that we have started has been a complete wage of war against us, against me personally. I don't know. It's like my thoughts are intrusive. Um, the way I'm looking at things, it's like, man, but I'm, I told you before, I don't, I was thinking to myself, I don't serve my thoughts. I serve God. Mm-hmm. I don't serve these temptations. I serve God. I don't serve this hungry feeling. I serve God. So it's been quite a, a building process for me. Not that it's the first year that I've ever went seriously with it, but it's, it's been one that's it's a num- our memorable one, that's for sure. I think when we step into a new realm, the warfare is stronger yeah. against us. 
Well, he talks about right here, it says, How be it this kind goeth not out by but by prayer and fasting. So it shows you when it says this kind, mm-hmm. I, I make it I think it it brings it to a different category because before their faith was enough to cast him out, their faith in Jesus Christ. And now it has brought to another one that is a different quote unquote level to where this one isn't going to go out by your faith alone. This one's going to have to go out by you proving your faith Mm -hmm. by fasting and by prayer and getting that connection. That's strong, not only faith, but I think super faith because you got to have faith to say, okay, I believe that God will do this, but here is what I'm willing to put on the line. I'm willing to push the food away that sustains my natural body. Mm-hmm. It literally sustains your life and your body. I'm willing to put that away because I have faith that God will move if I do that. Yes. And this kind, like you're saying, you go to another level, there's another level to face. But God always equips you for battle, I think. <laughs> Agreed. That's what the word says. Yes, he does. Yeah. And there's another account that has a good one of it too, I think. I don't think I've heard us mention in a while, or most people mention when they talk about <laughs> Fasting and prayer. Let's hear it. It wasn't even just with the disciples, or even just with Daniel. Found one here in uh, in Esther. Yeah. Before she went before the king for her people, she told her uncle, and this is Esther 4, and I'm going to just read 15 and through 17. Then Esther bade him return, bade them return Mordecai this answer because he wanted to know what they should do. Yeah. And her response was, go gather all the Jews that are present in Shushan and fast ye for me and neither eat nor drink three days, night or day. I also and my maidens will fast likewise. So will I go in unto the king, which is not according to the law. And if I perish, I perish. So Mordecai went his way and did according to all that Esther had commanded him. And we know the end of that story. She went, so the big deal about that where it says, so I will go in under the king, which is not according to the law. Because in their time period and in their culture, you didn't go into the king unless you were invited. Right. And if he didn't raise his scepter, you were done. Yeah. So it didn't matter if it was his wife or whoever it was. She just opens the doors and goes in. It's up to whether he raises that scepter or not. Right. So most people, if they didn't get invited, they weren't risking it. Dare I say super faith? Yeah, <laughs> that's an example, perfect example of super faith there. Yeah, she definitely had. And us seeing the end of the story, we would be silly not to do the same thing. Right. And another one that just comes to the top of my mind is Nineveh. Yep. Jonah goes to Nineveh and says, hey, you're a wicked, perverse nation. You need to turn from your ways. And the king issued a fast. Everything. No no food or water for from the oldest to the youngest, from the beast of the field to the f- birds in the air, nothing could eat for three days. And what did it do? It changed God's mind. So we obviously know that fasting is a physical demand, but I think especially looking at Esther and talking about that, it's more symbolic of turning away from something that's easy, turning away from something that we want that we think would be beneficial. I'm sure I'm not Esther, but in her position, I really don't think that I'd want to go in front of the king with that hanging over my head that he could potentially not. It's a death sentence. Right. You know, but the fasting in itself is the same symbol as her putting herself away to go for what she knows is right and what she's been called to do and been demand- commanded to do. Right, exactly. And that's more, that's another side of it. I think it's it's all a culmination of different things for one goal. Right. Less of you, 
more of him. That's it. And I think a, what it has, a lot of what has to happen, like Casey's saying, is put yourself away, pushing the plate back, is just saying, hey, I don't trust myself to sustain me. I trust you to sustain me, God. And the more that your flesh dies away, the more your spirit raises up. And we always hear the saying, we've heard it a million times now, but the dog you feed will bark the loudest. Yeah. And if you want your spirit to be the loudest, you have to feed it. And and another thing, too, that I've been noticing with prayer and fasting is putting God's word right in the mix of it. I don't think any three of them are enough. Not an, I'm not going to say enough alone, but I think all three of them together are just the... It's like the magic potion or something, or the magic <laughs> mixture. Something about threes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, they. The the fasting is good. It it kills the flesh down. It takes it takes the temptation away. The praying at a praying adds God into the equation, saying, "Hey, what do you want from me?" Because my spirit is now listening. My flesh is quiet enough now that I can hear what you're saying. And then God's word is a direct answer for that question. Here's another we can think about because it popped up when I was searching for ones on fasting, and that that you would say it's essentially it's a sacrifice. Yeah. Same with giving up your time, also with prayer. That's a sacrifice as well. Yeah. So another set of verses in red, Matthew sixteen twenty four through twenty six. Then Jesus said unto his disciples, If any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. And that's putting yourself, that's essentially it's putting your your flesh to death. Yeah. It's to putting, follow after. Putting you at last place. Exactly. And if we can take with that, we know, as you said, in the wilderness he fasted before he even was tempted. Yeah. You know, you're following the fact that he put the church and everybody else first. Before him. Before his own self. Right. That's where that's where fasting does for us. Yeah. Exactly. exactly does for us. Puts so, you at number two. Yeah. Or fifty two. Or wherever the last wherever, place is. Yeah. yeah, wherever last is. <laughs> um, and it continues for whosoever will <coughs> save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for shall my sake it. shall find it. Yep. For what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? Which for me with fasting is what is it that you want God to do that you're not willing to give up for that to happen? Right. You know, what are you willing to, what aren't you willing to exchange right. to get where God wants you to be instead of what all, what won't you give up right. you know, for right. where you want God to move? You, priority check. Yep. Exactly. It's a big one too. Because, man, them, like you're saying, we were talking and joking earlier that every ad that comes up is food. It is, literally. <laughs> every, it is. Every other post I'm seeing on Facebook. I'm sitting here is trying food. to do a workout on Facebook, and Jimmy John's is coming across with, with their new hot which, sandwiches. If you did, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, if you guys didn't know, Jimmy John's now has hot sandwiches. Did you know that Hardee's, you can get uh, buy one, get one for $1? Isn't that what your dad was? A cheeseburger. $2.99 <laughs> for the first one. It's like they know. And Wendy's got Baconators on sale right now. Yeah. Come on, guys. And I walked into Walmart to get some waters and things like that, and 
not thinking. I just okay, this is the first empty spot that's real close to the store. I walk in, and of course, I'm right by their hot food section where all that stuff goes. Like, uh, and I gotta pass that. Water's way down there. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) And then even if I, like, my choice then is either check out and go the other door and walk all the way across the parking lot or walk past it again on the way out to get to right where my truck's parked at. Temptation doesn't seem that prevalent until you're really trying to actively avoid it. Exactly. And Jesus did that for 40 days. He did it from the devil himself. Yes. Came down and said, turn it into bread. Yes. Worship me. Look at the kingdoms I'll give you. And exactly what he said, me and Mark always uh, hound on this point. The answer that you're looking for is written. It is written. It, it is, is written. written. It's written in the Bible. The answer you're looking for, any temptation that can come against you, has already been placed on Jesus and successfully passed. And how he did it is how you should do it. And, oh. you, and you think of the three main things that were attacked in those temptations. What was the first one? Food. Hunger. Physical. Not, well, not even so much that. What is? What does he tell him to do to the stone? Turn it into bread. So there's creation, yeah, or God's power being challenged, right? What was the second one? Um, turning our to uh, look at all the kingdoms that He can have. So now He's also attacking God's authority. Okay. And what's the third one? Worship Him. God's worship. So all those things that we need to love God's creation, we need to um, understand his authority, not sub- us submit first of all, to his authority and to his sovereignty, understand that he is the all, the all, the all powerful being that he is. Yeah. He's the creator. And what do we do once we know these things? Worship him for it. There's one I found also. It was in Luke is during the whole account of Jesus birth. And that when they went to the temple, there was a lady who was a prophetess and her thing she did in the temple all day and night was to serve God with fasting and praying. But there are other versions that they use that word, and it is she worshiped God with fasting and praying. I think that is a uh, an ultimate sign of respect, saying, I don't only trust you to do these things that I've prayed for, that I've asked for, that I've been seeking for. I trust you in action. I trust you enough to say, hey, I'll put this away, and you putting something on my table and filling me up from the inside. Dude, what do you, what do you expect? Not even go so far as says, I want to see if you, each of you agree separately. Okay. When it comes to fasting and prayer, you can't even succeed if you can't acknowledge the three, those same three areas that the devil tried to tempt. The creation and power, yeah, God's authority and everything, and then worship. giving the worship. Would you say without being able to acknowledge and understanding that that's where everything comes from? Yeah. Would you be able to successfully survive a no. fast? No, not even close. If you didn't acknowledge and believe the first two, I don't believe you'd even attempt a fast to start off with. No. Um, as far as worship is, I think that's another faith and action type thing. It's mm-hmm. like prepaying for everything and just trusting it's going to be what you need. Mm-hmm. A lot of people on my little worship leader soapbox for a minute, you only want to worship whenever things are going well or whenever God's already done it. You don't want to worship beforehand or in the middle of it. Exactly. That leaves just one over here. Patty, do you think that without 
that you'd be able to make it through the prayer and the fasting. Without what? Acknowledging, you know, the power that God has, his authority, and then the worship. You can't. You can't do anything. You can't do anything that. without him. Much less fasting. Say, I, I know the verse says to, I can do all things through Christ Jesus. I don't see any verse that says I can do everything without him. Right. That's right. Or anything at all, even. It actually says with man, nothing is possible, but with God, all things are possible. Yeah. So, and I love this fasting thing. It's been working on us. And I think, too, it'll really work if if their education is right for people to understand that we're not just doing this to say, hey, I'm fasting right now. No. It basically, look at me. Look what I can do. Exactly. Um, I'm fasting to see what God will do. That's really all it is. Um, I think we need to really point on, and we've been hammering on prayer lately. So now we we got prayer, and we have the background coming up of prayer. And now that we're adding fasting to it and prayer, I think it's just a great. It's going to be a mixture for a great thing to happen. Amen. I think great. it's a. I think it's a start of a really, really good thing. And honestly, we've been talking about fasting for a while too, have we not? Yeah. Yes. So we we're adding all these things together, and things are happening, and there's no real. No surprise to it. Because some, some people were saying, and going back to Sunday, they're like, well, man, aren't you excited? You know, we're prophesying things to you that God has showed us. It's like, I can't be excited because God already showed me. You're just telling me for the second. Re- You're the second confirmation. person. The confirmation of what God has already shown me. So it's not really that exciting to me. I'm glad that you're seeing that. But you're telling me something that I already know. Yeah. Now it's like <laughs> God's going to do something we already know he is because we've been fasting, we've been praying, and we've been diving deep into his word. I think we have to add that. I think we got to stop it as just prayer and fasting. We have to either include worship or include study or something like that because even if like it takes more than one thing even to start your car. Yeah, yeah. Like your key, the three, I guess say the three main things you need, the, no, vi- go ahead. the vehicle, yeah. the ignition system, and the key. Yeah. If you have the key, but the stuff that f- for the ignition system is not in there, you ain't worthless. going nowhere. Worthless. If you had the ignition system but no key, you can't start the car. Yeah. And what's good if you got the battery and all that stuff and the key, but you don't got a car to put it into? Yeah. <laughs> Fair. My mind's stuck on food because if I ask them to be real with you. But, you know, they always tell you in school whenever they're teaching you nutrition, there's so many main food groups. You could leave one of them out and probably still live, would be my assumption. Yeah. I know people who can't eat dairy. They My, still survive. They still survive. Yep. But you won't live to the fullness that you're capable of without it all. Right. And I think it's the same way with prayer, fasting, and reading the word. Yeah. That's our uh, the Actually, Christian pyramid. I don't. I'm going to redact, retract that statement. <laughs> reword it. And say that you can't live without praying. can't live good without praying. You can't live good without fasting. And you can't live good without reading God's word. And you And if you do... One of the two or two of the two, and you don't get the third, you're not getting the full effect of it. And I think you're actually cutting yourself out of some of the benefit. You're cutting yourself out of this enlightenment or revelation from the scripture, and you're cutting yourself out of the good relationship. You're actually harming yourself if you're not doing all three. I would go so far as to say if you're only doing one or two of the three, you're saying you don't believe the third. So if you're doing prayer and fasting, but you're not doing some reading, you're saying you don't believe what you'd be reading. You're not your actions in the word. are your actions are just like <sighs> if you're doing it without 
the prayer without the fasting side. You're saying you don't believe that prayer can do something, or you don't believe that fasting can do something. Yeah, to go along with that, here's another thought that I had that's going to be borderline a hot take. Um, We've got a few of those already so far. Well, I think, now hear me out on this, I think that there is a huge difference between prayer and meditation. Oh, yeah. I think you should meditate on God's Word daily. I think you should meditate daily, meaning, and when I say meditate, I mean um, listening to music while you're doing things, listening to Christian music, listening to a preacher. I think that's meditation. I think um, I think anything that involves physical listening, sitting there and soaking in, I think that's meditation. But I think when you pray, you have to open your mouth to do it. Yes, I yeah. agree. Um, I think uh, the words that come out of your mouth, your ears need to hear sometimes. And I think the best and most effective way to pray is to physically say what you're saying out loud. Well, obviously we know that God is all-knowing and all present, so he knows what we're thinking. Exactly. But if I sat there and I stared at Bryce and I was thinking something I want to say to him, you're not going to get that message if I don't open my mouth and say it. Nope. (laughs) True. Even if it's a mean look, I don't even know. Sometimes I I misinterpret things, you know? Yeah. Which not saying that God does, but he wants you to be clear on what you want too. Right. I think it's most, I think it's more for you than anything. Uh, Like I just said, your ears have to hear these things coming out of your mouth to be a faith builder, to be a motivation booster, to be like, hey, we can do this, but it's going to take God to help me. And God, if you'll help me, I'll do it. Yeah. Like I found one, one thing here with the definition of the two. Yeah. So prayer is simply talking to God. Yeah. And then meditation is involves deep, intentional contemplation, and you're mulling it over in your head just to get a better understanding of it. Right. And I think I think when you pray, man, I I'm sticking to this. I think you need to pray out loud. I think it has way more of an effect. I've seen it personally have more effect in my life because it's not just in my head. That's and, true. And on top of that. My wife and myself been praying together out loud. We switch, swap every night before we go to bed, you know, to give us a safe, healthy pregnancy. First of all, since we're in this period of life, gives a safe, healthy baby to wash us and cover us as we go about the day and ahead of us and to cover our dreams as we sleep. And it works. Mm-hmm. And But it's not that the prayers before that I was saying didn't work, but I've seen more of an effect out of out loud praying, and maybe it's just an effect to me. Maybe it's like a placebo. I don't know, but I think there's more of an effect, and I think that you have to pray over meditation. Walking and praying, pray out loud. If you're ashamed of me in front of my in front of men, I'll be ashamed of you in front of my father. Yeah. Was it open your mouth? Was it uh Hannah? Yeah. The one that the that Eli thought was was drunk. Was drunk or crazy or something, because just sit there praying. I mean, she wasn't very loud, but loud enough that he could hear. He's like, okay, so she's been she's been at the bottle a little bit. Yeah. And it was nothing to do with that. Not the case. Nope. If you really care about something, you won't care what the appearance of it is to those hey, around you. Exactly. And praying like even praying over your meal. It's very simple, but if you're afraid to do it in front of public, I don't think you should do it in your head. I figure if you go out to eat and people can cuss around you, you can pray over your food. 
Exactly. Here we go. They don't like it too bad. And I, I'm like I just said, I'm bold enough to say that if you're too scared to pray out loud, I think it has no effect if you pray in your head over your food or in in general. If you're too afraid to pray out loud in front of people, I don't think God cares to hear it in your head because He knows what you're thinking, as we already explained. Yeah, I think I think because He knows what we're thinking when we go to open our mouth, He fills it with things that. We should say. Exactly. Because he knows our future. Right. Think, think about this, too, just us personally. We go in every morning, every Sunday morning before church or Sunday night, just whatever it is before church, and we pray together. Mm-hmm. What kind of prayer would that be if we didn't say anything? Be an awful, awkward hand-holding situation. Yes. <laughs> Very awkward. Nothing gained from it. There's no building off of each other. There's no sort of relationship uh, bonding there. And it's like... We all just sat here and prayed in our head, and that that didn't work. That don't work. I'm sorry. I think there's a Bible scripture about that. Well, you okay. got time. And anyone else ever noticed, like, when you do some of those prayers, and it's especially the ones that maybe when you're alone, you're like, okay, this is going to be something quick. And you get through what you're planning or what you want to say, and it's like, okay, and then don't forget about this. And like, oh, hey, what? don't forget, you know, look out for these people, things like that. Maybe you don't remember all the names to start with, but as you're going, it's like, Boom, you boom, start remembering boom. more. It's like this, exactly. this 30 second prayer that before you go to sleep turns into two minutes, five minutes, however long it ends up being. Yeah. Yeah. Talking about praying on Sunday morning or Sunday night before church starts, <clears throat> it just brought to my mind that I think sometimes in general, we as people and maybe people listening underestimate or look over the idea of a corporate prayer, not just saying we're all going to pray, pray at the same times for the same things, but praying and touching and agreement for things. Exactly. Sometimes we'll get in there, we'll be praying, and it just seems like the Spirit's already popping off on one person to the next as we go. We're two it, or three touch and agree on any one thing. Come on, guys. Yeah. I mean. And there's no set formula. We've had times where like seven or eight people do it, and we've had times where by the time one's all, done, it's like, well, there's really nothing to add to this. Exactly. And. Maybe it's just me, but I think you got to open your mouth to pray. Agreed. You got to speak it out. It says here, I am the Lord thy God, which brought thee out of the land of Egypt. Open thy mouth wide, and I will fill it. Exactly. Where's that from? I know I remember that. Um, Psalms 81.10. Okay. That's one there for for our listeners. There's one, too. It's like, let the word of thy mouth and the meditation of thy heart be pleasing unto thee. Be pleasing unto the Lord. The word of thy mouth. mouth. Where do you meditate from? The your heart, heart and your mind. Come on, guys. We got to open our mouth. We need to know these things because if you'll sit there, think about this. You sit there and you do something that it seems is seemingly ineffective, but you're doing it wrong. It puts a false sense of uh, ability to it. You don't think that it works. But then you're like, oh, this is how I need to do it. And then it starts working. It's like a light switch flips on. You're like, what have I been doing this whole time? Yep. Exactly. So with that, I think we're going to go ahead and end this podcast. Uh, We want to say that we love you for stopping by. We appreciate everything you guys have done. We wouldn't be here without you listeners. We just want to say love you. Bye. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Ready to Preach. We hope that something that has been said today will aid you in your journey both in Christianity and in the pursuit of becoming ready to preach. 
If you enjoyed today's podcast, please reach out to us on our Facebook page, Redemption Church, and share us with your friends. If you have any questions for us or topics you would like for us to discuss, we can be reached through the Facebook's direct message or in the comments section of our posts about the podcast. We look forward to you tuning in next week.